This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. I just finished traveling Southeast Asia for 41 days, and I usually always get sick when I travel, and quite frankly, eating is difficult for me. It's hard to find a restaurant, and I'm spoiled in Austin with my personal chef. Well, I took these little packets with me this time, 30 of them, in my carry-on suitcase. They kept me totally healthy with 11 different secret ingredients. You can see them at nathanlacka.com forward slash juice. I'll tell you more later on in the show. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash juice. Folks, many of you reach out to me and you say, Nathan, so many guests on your show talk about the importance of batching. But whenever I try and batch, you tell me this. You go, Nathan, they don't book back-to-back -back times. So you, or they don't show up after they book. It's frustrating. The answer is, guys, you have to use smart tools. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you specifically how I use it later on in the episode. This is episode 659. Coming up tomorrow morning, I talk to somebody who might be the first trillionaire and the person that's going to decide this are farmers why drones and machine learning are directly connected to value for farmers who can use this data to save money so the question is simple will farmers decide the first drone company trillionaire tune in tomorrow morning to find out Good morning, everybody. Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Eric Min. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Zwift.com. We'll talk all about it. All about it. Eric's a tech entrepreneur, a lifelong cyclist, and is now spreading fitness through virtualization and gamification. All right, Eric, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, yes. Very um, good. So tell us, kick us off here. Tell us what Zwift does and what's your revenue model? How do you generate money? Uh, so Zwift is simply, uh, I, you know, creating a, a virtual space where, you know, cyclists can can interact with each other uh, in, in real time. We're trying to recreate the the social, um, uh, the, all the social aspects of, of cycling that uh, that so many of us really enjoy. It's a, it's a personal problem that I try to uh, to solve. Um, you know, coming from New York and living in London. All of my network being in, in New York City, I thought, um, you know, could we, could I recreate some of the social network that I had before in a way that just wasn't available? And, you know, could we do that through a gaming platform and, and create a social network where, you know, the interaction is, is, is real and physical? And are you selling? So, uh, guys, I encourage you to check out the website, Zwift.com. But, I mean, yeah. the reason, Eric, I look at an idea like this and I go, this is exciting, is because for whatever reason, when I work out, if there's people watching or I'm competing yeah. with someone that I can beat, I just work out harder. It's something psychologically in my brain. I don't know why. So I love that I can be by myself here, use Zwift to maybe compete against other people. My question to you is, though, are you actually selling this whole bike as a, as a piece of hardware or is it just an add-on? It's we're a pure software company. It's a subscription business. We charge ten dollars uh, a month in, in most uh, most countries, and um, yeah, we're an asset light company. We uh, we work with so many partners who have all the different equipment that's already available on the market. So we're really bringing all the different pieces together and creating an experience that um, you know that I think the industry has been talking about and promising for the last twenty five years. And the timing of bringing all this together 
is, you know, is, uh, is perfect for, for today. So someone, Eric, someone's listening right now, they want to buy this. What do they have to have for, for, for like physically for Zwift to work? Right. So the, the most basic setup would be your iPad. And um, there's, a, there's something called a, a trainer that can attach to your traditional bicycle that turns it essentially into a stationary bike. There are a couple of sensors, Bluetooth sensors, and voila, it gets connected to, to our game, which is running on iOS. It also runs on PC and Mac. And then we, based on your weight, how fast you're, you're pedaling, and, and a couple of other factors, we propel you in the game. Got so it. your weight matters. The kind of equipment that you have in the game actually matters. The terrain that you're riding on in the game matters. All of these things factor into, you know, how and the drafting within the game. Yep. These are all things that you you take for granted, but it, it's all you know happens in the real world, and we take all of that and model that and 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 turn that into an experience in the game. So, what year did you launch the company in? In 2014, January 2014, we. Put a small team together. We seeded the business with, with um, how much and, capital? Um, my, let's see. We seeded the business for, uh, I, you know, my 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 partner and I. We had an open checkbook, but uh, committed a couple million dollars to build this, and we uh, we were able to bring a product to life. We had uh, friends and family raised about seven million dollars, um, and we launched the, a beta product yeah, that. No. Uh, Go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, but where are you at to date? How much total capital have you raised? We just closed a Series A round back in November. We've raised $45 million to date. So somebody listening, Eric, right now, they're going to go, what, what the heck? I can't learn from Eric. He had millions of dollars to, to fund his own company from at the beginning. Why, why, like, why should I listen to the rest of this interview? It, it sounds like you maybe had a win before Zwift. What did you do before? So my partner and I, Alaric Marie, and he, he and I built a, a trading platform. For the financial and energy markets. So, on the back of um, you know a little bit of success there, we decided to do something completely different uh, from enterprise to something consumer facing. Um, and you know, we thought you know if we could do something completely different out of our comfort zone, we could probably call ourselves true entrepreneurs. And so, um, yeah, so here we are with our second venture. And did you? Uh, what? How old were you when you launched the, that trading company? Your first company. Uh, so I was about uh, 30 years old. Okay. And you built yeah. that up for how many years? So that was over a decade. Okay. Um, and so that, that went on for some time. Uh, so that was an interesting business enterprise. Um, and, you know, it, it was a tough, was, we learned a lot of lessons that we were able to monetize the business, which is great, and allowed us to you know, do something fun as Zwift. But, um you know, enterprise business is, is tough, capital intensive, and uh, if you're not clever, you, you you don't walk away with very much at yep. the end. How, what, what was the finish that story for us? I mean, did you sell it? You shut it down? What? So we were sitting on uh, what amounted to a hundred million dollar contract. So we had a you know we had a decision to make: do we reinvest the proceeds? It's a highly profitable contract. Do we reinvest it and and try to compete and scale our business, or do we call it you know call it a day and say let's just take as much of that off the table? Uh, we took a tough decision, 
and it took us five years to take a lot of that off the table. <laughs> so someone, let me just let me see if I can understand yeah. this properly. A big uh, company liked what you were doing, and they said we want to buy a plan or a contract for a hundred million dollars. And then you spent five years kind of executing that contract, and in the process, just extrapolate you know, took as much of that as you could out yeah. into your pocket and your founder's pocket. Right. In order to return eight times, uh, it was a eight investors received eight times their money. Oh, that's great. How much capital did you raise in that business? Three million dollars. Okay, got it. So you said three or thirty. Three. Three. That's great. And yeah. um yeah, okay, good. That makes sense. Good. So now you guys can understand more. I always hmm. I always appreciate when people kind of explain more about how they got that initial bump because Eric, a lot of these entrepreneurs, even Elon Musk, he started with an agency and they snowball their winnings into the next winning and the next and the next. Yeah, so that was yeah, we were fortunate to be able to to extract um, you know, cash out of that business because if I look back, it was incredible in a market that was shrinking that more competitors were coming into the space. We just knew at that point it was time for us to leave. And the difference between the, the number one um, uh, you know, vendor versus us you know, ranked in the top five was just insurmountable difference in terms of you know, uh, the, the power that the, the, a leader of a particular vertical had. And so one of the things that we were set out to do is become a category leader. And you could become a category leader by creating a brand new category. And essentially, that's what we've done with Lyft. Yep. So you're 30. For a decade, you're building this trading platform. You're now 40. You've made some money by taking, again, giving your investors 8x on their money, that first company, and then using the rest to split between you and your co-founder on a, from a, you know about a $100 million contract. You get out of space. You launch Zwift in 2014. You raised about $45 million bucks. How many customers do you have to date? So we don't. We're not public about how many subscribers we have, but I can tell you that we've had um, some some simple uh, basic information that would include about over three hundred thousand accounts created. Three hundred thousand. Um, yeah, three hundred thousand. Got it. And um, uh, over over the course of of Zoo so far, we've had over five million rides. Okay. Um, and over five million hours of of pedaling. So the average ride is one hour, which is pretty amazing for a stationary bike experience. Um, we've another interesting um, uh, a metric is that we've we've logged 88 million miles on 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 a, on our um, uh, within within Zwift. So the the engagement is is fairly high. Uh, it's incredible that people log into Zwift to watch other people. Another interesting metric is 202,000 hours. Or what we call fan viewing. People mm -hmm. logging in just to watch other people. This is very consistent with the gaming, um, you know, the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, there's whether it's uh, using Twitch or or um, or, 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 or Pro Beam, uh, other streaming uh, platforms. People are actually uh, broadcasting their experience on Zwift. And and. And what is the so you mentioned? I think back in November sixteenth, based off my research, TechCrunch reported you guys had about two hundred thousand people signed up. So between November and now, it's now March twenty seventeen. You've signed up another about hundred thousand people, which it's, I feel like if I'm getting that data right, that's a good growth rate. Um, that's right. Yeah, help people. Other people listening right now, they kind of have this free model, and they're always struggling with how to convert from free to paid. What are some of the kind of key things you know you have to get a free user do to get them to convert into a paid Zwift customer? So we don't have any free users. What we have is a trial. Okay. Um, 
And today what you, you get is a little taste of Zwift every month. So uh, you get to ride 20 kilometers or about 18, uh, 12 miles a month. So everyone can dip in. We don't have any year-long contracts at the moment. So what we wanted to do, at least in the first couple of years, to understand the behavior, um, most of our customers are outdoor cyclists. So, you know, what they're used to doing is riding indoors when the weather is not friendly and, and going outdoors uh, when the weather uh, improves. So what we're under, trying to understand is, you know, can we af affect behavior? You know, could we tweak the product so that Zwift is a proposition year-round? And these are experiments that we're conducting at the moment. But we believe that over time, the Zwift is, is something that will be uh, a year-round proposition for, for not just cyclists, but fitness enthusiasts when we get to that you know, part of the market. What, what is, do you, I mean, do you see seasonal issues right now in your paid kind of cohort? In other words, are people signing up in the spring and canceling for two months and then re-signing up? Almost every business is seasonal. People may not realize it. gaming industry is seasonal. Guess oh, what wait, Eric, I, hold on. I have to yeah. disagree with you on that. I mean, there yeah. are plenty of SaaS companies I've interviewed that are they, yeah. they are not seasonal businesses. They're uh, like B2B okay. SaaS. Yeah, so that's so let, let's talk about uh, uh, consumer businesses. Okay. So like gaming. <clears throat> gaming is a seasonal business. That, that shocked me, actually. But it makes sense. People spend less time playing games during the summer. They probably go out, right? sure. they go on vacation. And so many businesses are actually more seasonal than, than we, we all think. Um, but it's not to say, I think Zwift could, could smoothen that experience. Zwift is something that just makes it very easy for one to consume fitness. Our, our belief is that everyone is chasing fitness and everyone would like to consume fitness in the most efficient way. And we think that, um, that solution is, is probably in the home it's, it's got to be very, very, you know, uh, uh, cost effective. So I think $10 is, is, is probably the sweet spot. Um, and, you know, people like to, to work out with other people. Yeah. Uh, so that you need to bring a social community into not after the fact, but during the activity. So what and do you, so, I mean, when you, you only have this one plan, right? You don't have any kind of like expansion revenue systems built in place, right? Not at the moment. I mean, I, that's, those are all things that, that will be coming. We'll have, uh, we have a number of different uh, ways we can monetize going forward. But right now we, we, uh, we think we have, we have more building to do with the, just the basic experience. Yeah. We've just, I'd say from one to 10. We're at level two. Yeah, we've well, got a lot. Go. You've got a lot of free users, obviously signing up. Um, you know, so I mean, help me understand. I mean, how seasonal is this business? I mean, are we talking ten percent monthly customer churn? Are we talking two percent or thirty percent? Or give me a range. Uh, so from the numbers that we see today, um, it's it's probably you know seventy percent of the people will hang on throughout the year. Okay, guys. So, so seventy percent annual retention, which may, means you're you're churning, call it three percent of users per month. And and I don't think they churn. It's called pause. Pause. Okay. Well, yeah. even that. I mean, Eric, that's not a horrible number. There are SaaS companies no, I talk no, to. Yeah, yeah, there are SaaS it's, companies I talk to that have double that monthly churn. Yeah. No, it's it's. I'm pretty happy with the retention. I think the product will only get better as the network expands. The social network expands. There's just this. This. It's more interesting. To, to participate in Zwift. Yep. Um, the content, you know, that we'll be investing in will be more interesting. We're also crowdsourcing um, content. So what I mean by that is 
unlike other platforms where you might have to pay a spin instructor to create these spin experiences. Uh, we've got a community of, of, of users who want to volunteer their services to be ride leaders. Yeah. So uh, there are all sorts of, I think the last I checked, there are over 700 events being organized every month <clears throat> by, the, by the community. That's great. What are you, uh, I mean, it's not, you guys are doing a great job, obviously, with acquisition of users. How are you, like, are you doing any paid spend? And if so, what's your CAC? 95% of our user acquisition is is organic. And how's it happening? And it's happening th because it's more fun to to be on Zoof with your friends. So well, like, sorry, sorry, Eric. I meant like, yeah. like, are you, like, are you uh, incorporating a gold gym exercise into Zwift, and and in exchange, Golds has to put a card about Zwift on their no. entry table. Like, is there a specific tactic you're using to drive kind of organic signups? Uh, most most cyclists belong, and so we're targeting cyclists, cyclists, competitive cyclists, professional cyclists, cycling enthusiasts. They're all cyclists, um, and most cyclists belong to a tribe, a club. Or a team, and if if you like the experience, the first thing you'll do is you'll want your friends on on Zwift with you. So I totally get that, and, Eric. The land, yeah. and then I get the expand part. I'm talking about the land. How do you land one person from a new tribe? So well, it's that's investing in in, in, in the brand and creating awareness. Um, we do very little on the on the digital on, on the you know digital advertising side. How much would you um, say you spend per month? I know it's a very small amount because it's only five percent of your signups, but it's it's not very much at all. Like uh, less than a hundred grand per month. Oh, for sure. Come okay. on, that's that's a, that's a lot for us, actually. Got it. Okay, got it. That's helpful. Um, do you want to, I mean, is there a specific tactic you can give though for like, I know it's, you know, organic and good content, all the usual stuff, but can you tell us a story about a specific thing you did that got you into a bunch of new tribes? So I'll give you an example of what we, what we invest in, in terms of content. Great. So we invested in a in a project called Zwift Academy, modeled after GT Academy. So I, I don't know if you know Gran Turismo Academy. I don't. Uh, okay. So there is a. Uh, it was. It's about seven years old, but basically, it was a marketing, uh, advertising uh, program between Gran Turismo, the Sony PlayStation game, and Nissan, where they would find talent on the platform, on the gaming platform, and then take the the finalists to a track, put them in a real car, and see if they can find a real driver. Now they've been doing this for seven years, and over the last few years, they're actually finding real drivers. Partly because real drivers realize that this is a way to get a professional contract. Yeah. Um, and so we took that model and created what we call Zwift Academy. And we called out ladies all, all, all over the world last year to join this program. 1,200 ladies from around the world. How did you call them? How did you reach out to them? Uh, so it was just uh, uh, public relations, PR. Um, it was through various channels, media channels. Uh, so 1,200 ladies from around the world signed up for this program. And it, the three finalists, so they, they had to go through a number of different tests and training programs all on Zwift. And they were being monitored by coaches, certified coaches. We took three finalists, two, it happened to be two Americans, one Dutch lady, to Mallorca, Spain, and um, where they trained for 10 days with a professional team. And the professional team would test these three riders 
and offer a professional contract to one of them. And one of them is now a professional rider. She was a former serious marathoner, now a professional at the highest level and and is now completing professional events. So this is just a, an example of, of content that we invest in because it's aspirational. And during this program, it's, you know, 1,200 ladies participated. The vast majority of them know that they're not going to become a professional cyclist, mm -hmm. but they want to be part of the journey because if you go through the journey, you will become a better athlete yourself. Hey, makes sense. Thanks for obviously, Eric, diving deep into that acquisition strategy. It's helpful. Last yeah. question I've got before we wrap up. It's, it's kind of complex, but uh, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing this. I want your feedback on it. Your, your Series A, I believe, was about 27 million bucks back in November. Um, I'm going to do some back of the napkin math here. So most companies in their Series A, let's assume aggressively, are giving up, say, 25% of your business, right? Which would mean you guys did, you know, call it an $81 million pre money valuation and over $100 million post money valuation. You're doing a maximum in terms of revenue, if, if it's 10 bucks a user, you've got 300,000 free users, let's say all of them were paid, that's, you know, somewhere around 3 million bucks per month maximum, or call it 30 million annually. Do you ever worry, because you're a great negotiator, you had a first company at success, you negotiated a high valuation, do you ever worry about growing into the valuation? Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balancing act, uh, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not, because I think we're going after a very, very big opportunity. Um, we don't we don't see anyone doing exactly what we're doing, um, so we're creating a whole new market. And and I, I believe the the um, you know how we how we win this this opportunity is to build a community. So for us, it's a race to to acquire a millionth customer. A race, no pun intended. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a race to get to a millionth subscriber. Uh, and there are not many businesses that can claim a million subscribers, paying subscribers, right? Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you post all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back -back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. It helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best in meetings, okay? I do them back to back, very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. All right, Eric, on that note, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, geez. Um, Crossing the Chasm is 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 a... Uh, um is 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 one that i i enjoyed um jeffrey moore it's a good one yeah, um number yeah, number two eric is there a ceo you're following or studying currently ceo of these uh, no i'm following a few um i wouldn't say they're ceos uh i you know i have some fantastic advisors Na name one 
Max Levchin is an advisor of us. I've got five incredible advisors, and they all bring different things to the table. Um, Num- number th- number three is there a favorite online tool you have, like FreshBooks? Online tool. Slack. Number uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Six. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married with three kids. Oh, wow. How old are you? I'm almost 50. Nice. Okay, so take us back 30 years, Eric. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? 20 years old? So what would I do if I were 20 years old? No, just like a piece of advice that you wish you had known when you were 20. Oh, 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 I see. Um, well, I, you know, I think I, st- I took my first, uh, I started my company when I was 30 years old. Um, I think I, could prob- I should have started maybe three or four years earlier. I think taking risk early on, I mean, when else are you going to take risks, right? I'd say it's the earlier you can take risks, whether it's a venture or, or a profession, um, you need to get it out of the way early. Earlier the better. That would be there- the advice I give. There you guys have it from Eric, current CEO and founder of Zwift. Again, he would have started earlier, started back when he was 30. Uh, that would have been about, well, around 20, uh, I guess, tw- 2002-ish time frame with his yeah. trading company. Did that for a decade before he uh, took a, a large contract, executed over five years, gave his investors a great return, and pulled cash out for him and his co-founder. Sunk some of that money into his new company, Zwift, launching that in, again, January 2014. It's now got over 300000 thousand uh users 45 million dollars raised again uh, paying customers pay about ten dollars per month for this community they're creating for indoor cycling and workout measurement eric thank you so much for taking us to the top great thank you if you enjoyed eric today go back and listen to yesterday's episode where there's basically 120 million dollars up for grabs this is the, the closest thing to free money as you guys can get if you're a startup looking to raise capital BJ Lackland of Lighter Capital is joining me to explain how you can get your hands on it. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners. But boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cards, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google Ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. Hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. So guys, I'm so glad to be back in Austin. I just got back from a major tour of Southeast Asia, went to Sydney, Bangkok, Bali, and Japan. And you know, I always get sick when I travel. And this particular trip, my gosh, 15 different airports, 20 different hotels. I mean, imagine flushing in airport bathrooms. I was worried about germs and getting all the nutrition I need. I mean, finding a restaurant in Japan, difficult because nothing's in English. So it was hard enough to figure out the train system. But my point is, I had a guy named Drew Cannoli on the show who said, 
Nathan, if you're concerned about that, take these little green packets with you. You just mix them once per day with water. They'll keep you super healthy. You get all your nutrients and they'll keep you from getting sick. So I took them and guys, they worked unbelievably well. I got no sickness, just mixed them with water once per day. They didn't make my water bottles all sticky. That's like nice. A lot of these mixers, they make them sticky. It was very clean and smooth. Took them once per day, never got sick. So we've got 11 superfoods and they're perfect if you're not traveling, but you're just on the go from your office to work. So you can check them out at NathanLatka.com forward slash juice. That's NathanLatka.com forward slash juice.